You're listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program, and how do you feel today? Did you know that today is International Self-Care Day? A day to try and take care of yourself and make sure that you... And later on in the program, we're going to talk about how we feel good with one of our globalnews.ca correspondents. Laura Hensley will be here to talk about cutting out the booze. No booze for millennials. And in the second portion of our hour, we're going to talk about meatless meats. Everybody's into the meatless meats, but we're going to look into whether or not it's actually scientifically true that meatless meat is better for you. Is that, is that a, do we have any science that proves that? Well, we're going to ask some tough questions about that sort of thing. Because when it comes to self-care, I don't know if I'm on board with no booze and no meat. In our next segment, I'm going to ask you, our listeners, the question whether or not you agree with Doug Ford, the Premier, about the fact that people in Ontario don't really care about all of this uproar about Dean French and cronyism and patronage and all of the rest. That's what the Premier said yesterday. You get to weigh in on whether or not that is true. That's not true. Toronto police say a man's dog and cell phone were were stolen after an alleged street robbery in Scarborough. Investigators said three male suspects, one of them apparently armed with a knife, robbed the man of his cell phone and then took his small brown and gray poodle named Ding Ding. Uh, I hope they don't hurt the the Ding Ding, don't hurt the dog, because the dog, I have money, I give to them, I have the phone, I give to them. But the dog, just don't hurt the dog. The dog let, let the dog go. Let the dog come home, please. That is Tian Yu Hu, the owner of the poodle, speaking to Global News, asking, please bring Ding Ding home. As ridiculous as that sounds, let's hope that that happens and stay with Global News Radio and globalnews.ca for updates on that story. Hey, anything good on TV right now? Anything? Is there anything good? Oh, hey, that Mueller show's on. I dig that Mueller show. That's not true. Former special counsel Robert Mueller has dismissed U.S. President Donald Trump's claim of quote-unquote total exoneration, saying it's not what his Russia report says. Mueller testifying before U.S. lawmakers this morning that investigators did not exonerate Trump of obstruction of justice. Here is Karen Travers. This is what President Trump said on March 24th, the day Attorney General William Barr sent to Congress his letter summarizing Robert Mueller's report. It was a complete and total exoneration. But today, a key moment right at the top of the House Judiciary Committee hearing with Mueller. Chairman Gerald Nadler asking Mueller about his investigation and that statement by the president. Did you actually totally exonerate the president? No. Now, in fact, your report expressly states that it does not exonerate the president. It does. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. That continues to develop, and we'll be watching that and bring you more details throughout this hour and also continuing on Global News Radio throughout the day as the Mueller testimony is underway. And if it wasn't already the doldrums of summer in terms of the amount of productivity a lot of people are getting done, a lot of people are sitting at their computers, A, online shopping, or B, just watching Mueller. Just check that out. What else is on? 
Yeah, days of our lives, but that's not worth it. This Mueller thing is gripping. But do you believe what you are hearing? There's a lot of going back and forth there. And more importantly, do you believe what you hear filtered through the media? That's not true. So many people just don't believe what they hear on the radio, what they see on television, what they see online. None of it. And they just pick their own things to believe. And I think the premier struck on something when he talked about this. He talked about it yesterday. He said, when asked about allegations of cronyism and patronage, he said, this is not the sort of thing that people ask me about. It's not an issue that the people are concerned about. When we come back on the Alan Carter radio program, your opportunity to call in and tell me whether or not you agree with him. Plus, I will read you the latest from my inbox, and it ain't pretty. This is the Alan Carter Radio Program, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Stories about patronage appointments in the Doug Ford government continue unabated even after the departure of his chief of staff, his former chief of staff, Dean French. You may recall that Mr. French was accused of putting his uh, friends, his uh, son's friends and lacrosse players into places that they shouldn't be at high paid jobs and a number of other uh, Appointments that was that were made by Mr. French have been changed. People have been removed. And now the news from Travis Danraj, our Queen's Park Bureau chief, that Michael Diamond, the Premier Ford's, uh, Ford's former campaign manager, you may recall that uh, Michael Diamond is a commentator. You may have seen him on television, heard him on the radio. He was a campaign strategist and political commentator, of course, leading up to the uh, the win of the leadership and also the win in the provincial election. Now, Michael Diamond has now been named as the chair of Ontario Trillium. That foundation hands out over $100 million in government grants each year to fund community projects. Now, I have no comment on whether or not Mr. Diamond is suited to that job or whether he's qualified for that job. I think perhaps... More important is that the fallout from the Dean French situation has meant that every appointment made by the Ford government is now under scrutiny, and whether or not that is fair, I leave to you. But from my inbox yesterday, as we talked at length about the Premier's comments, was the following. Quote, Hey, Alan, even the perceived left-wing stations are farther to the right than you are today. Why aren't you hosting a call-in on the butthead, butts, and groper, etc.? We are pleased with Ford. Now back off. I I will address this two ways. First of all, I will begin with this perception of left versus right. I am agnostic on these things. I am not left. I am not right. I am here to try and illuminate what is going on behind the scenes and to ask questions about what you are hearing from your leaders. Is it truthful? Is it accurate? That is what this program is about. But I take this to heart. This is what the Premier had to say 
when asked again, and he said this before, but he going back to his talking points, when asked about lobbyists influencing and advising his government and also patronage appointments, here is the premier on Tuesday. When I'm out there, I don't hear what the media is asking me. I know the media has their agenda and so on and so forth. I'm not hearing that. What I'm hearing is over and over again, and I cover Ontario from top to bottom, and I just hear, keep going, don't deter, keep moving forward. So I'm listening to the people. Listening to the people, and that is what we are going to do here on Global News Radio, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Do you agree with this assertion by the Premier that this is not something that people are concerned about, that this is an agenda? This is an agenda by a biased media to continue to ask questions about patronage and influence. And when we reflect on the fact that Michael Diamond, his former campaign manager, now has a job, well, I think there will be many of us who will say that is just simply how politics works. And it worked that way under the liberals, and it worked that way under the conservatives, under Mike Harris, and under Bob Ray, and so on and so forth. You win, your people get the spots. That's politics. Is this something you care about, or is the Premier right? That this is just much ado about nothing, and that there is a media bias, and David... Right on the line, out of Scarborough. David, you believe that there is a media bias. Go ahead. Absolutely, Alan. If you can't see it, you must have blinders on. What Uh, is the bias that you perceive? uh, I mean, because the questions that get asked of uh, Doug Ford were never asked of Kathleen Wynne the way they are. I mean, listen, I'm in my truck 24 hours, you know, not 24 hours a day, but 14 hours a day in my truck listening to different talk shows, variety, different sides, what have you. And I see it, Alan. I mean, it's, it's as blatant as day. If people really knew what was going on, why aren't they talking about corruption that's going on? The payoffs, the backhanded, there's all kinds of stuff going on, and we're well, worried those about are, those are the, But, David, and respectfully, those are the questions that we are asking of the Ford government about payoffs to insiders. These are precisely the things. These are allegations. These things are true. The, these, uh, these appointments I, were made and what rescinded. Happened? What happened to the previous Liberal government with the gas plant? You don't think money was paid off? What about the money that was relieved to, uh, to uh, Chrysler? You don't think pockets were filled with that type of a deal, being able to close down a division that you were given money by the government? Like, uh, come on, Alan. No, no listen, this? David, I think you missed my point, and I, I, do, I, I do understand, and I'm going to let you go there, but I, I mean, I, I understand, and I hear this. I, I was like, well, what about whatabouts? Right, okay, well, I'm not here to argue whether or not there was a slush fund or money was paid over gas plants. I'm here to ask this simple question. Is the Premier right that people out there do not care about this issue of cronyism and influence and that it is all somehow trumped up by the media with an agenda? Joe is in Vaughn. Your thoughts, Joe? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I just want to say uh, I, disagree, I I agreed with him at the beginning when he started cutting back on the top end, but he stopped too early. Now he's cutting back on, on everything else. Uh, with that being said, what is he going to do now with the teachers? Uh, teachers have a very good pension fund. They have very good uh, 
benefits, and I'm paying for it, and I don't get that. But uh, is, this, uh, I, is this an issue that you are concerned about? Are you concerned yeah. about insiders getting jobs, patronage, lobbyists? Oh, it happens. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. But, it is, but Doug Ford says that this is not something that he hears about. If you run into Doug Ford, listen, Doug Ford listens to this radio station. We know this. He calls in okay. all the time. He's, let's just, just assume he's driving down the road listening to you right now. What do you want to say to him? I want to say to him, uh, you show people the quotes that people actually give when they go, go for a job. And the bottom, the, the best guy wins, right? That's the way it's supposed to work. But it doesn't happen like that. If he's really that honest, then he's going to, it's public money he's using. He should say, okay, this show charges $4,000, this guy charges $4,500, and take it from there. That's the way business is done. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Let's go to Jonathan in Kawartha. And the top line here from you is that the media is an echo chamber in Toronto. You know, Jonathan, I do not disagree with you one bit. Expand on that if you could for me. Well, let's let's assume hypothetically that, yes, the media is an echo chamber and it's 70, 80, whatever percent leans one way. Then you've got to assume that anytime some type of issue pops up, uh, they're going to be a little bit more partisan because uh, it's almost like they're siding one way, or it just feels like it's bigger than it is. Like, when, let me give you an anecdotal example. I'm part of a Facebook group uh, that's against the Hydro One in uh, their high prices, rates, certain charges. These groups have 50, 100, 150,000 people. And the same example, you're not going to find Facebook groups that have. Uh, that are titled, uh, we don't like certain people appointed or this or that. You're not going to find comments. You're not going to, anecdotally, I'm not, I think I'm going to agree with Ford. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing people caring about this kind of stuff. I'm, the thing I care about is the media is not scrutinized the, the fact that there's not an objective process. Because if there was an objective process, the media could say, hey, you broke XYZ rule and someone could be out accountable. And I'll finish with when liberals or NDP come into power or, or sooner or later, and hopefully not sooner, they're going to the exact same way. And because there's no objective process, they're. they're okay, thank you, Jonathan. Just, Jonathan just dropped out there just a little bit, but I, I, I get your point. And, and I think that what does happen in some cases is that something is reported, um, whether it's the CBC, whether it's Global News, whatever, and then. And and this is where I this is where I caution people to differentiate between bias and um, staffing levels, right? When you start seeing echo chamber, echo chamber is because you know there is one journalist doing everything. There is one journalist filing for online, for print, for television, you name it. And I am not here to complain that say, oh, that the job is hard. That's not my point. My point is that the echo chamber comes because there's just simply not enough of us to do for original content. And that's kind of what you see. And I understand that sometimes that is perceived as bias or pack mentality. All right, I think we have time for a couple of more. John is in Markham. John, my question to you, do you care? Is the Premier right that this is an issue that you do not, that people do not care about when it comes to patronage and cronyism? I believe that we do care. Actually, I do care, and I think I'm part of the majority. The, I think in the context of Doug Ford is saying it is that with the Liberal government, nobody cared because it wasn't reported on with the media. Um, so nobody cares. Um, so that's why I think he, he said that. And it, there was proof with the first caller. Um, he brought up some very important, truthful um, 
things that the liberal have done uh, with payoffs and backroom deals, and the host, you, were kind of dismissing it. So we see that, and we're well, seeing it happen. But right I now. didn't, I didn't, and I take issue with that, John. I didn't dismiss his points. Yeah. What yeah. I said was that's not the issue at hand. I, what what tires me is when the 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 accusation that the media is unfair is when you say, "Oh, how come you're asking Doug Ford about patronage? You never asked Kathleen Wynne about it." Well, that's not true. That is simply not true. I was there. I was in the room. I asked those questions. Those questions were asked. Were they reported on? Were they Absolutely. Asked? And it wasn't. It wasn't like a media frenzy like it is now, where it's it's it's, it's every source, every angle is is jumping on Doug Ford. Um, you know, if you look at the teachers union, they they have a very strong liberal. Liberal. Um, well, it's not power. liberal, but listen. If you listen it to you know, if you listen to this radio station, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, John, but if you listen to this radio station or if you watch the coverage, like what every time I talk about teachers unions, I qualify that you know whatever the report is, it's come from the teachers union. And I mean that's that's responsible journalism is to say, okay, here's the thing that you know this side is saying, but source it. And tell people where it comes from, and then you can make your own decision. But I don't think that indicates that there's a bias, John. I believe it does, and not just in this particular situation. I've seen it in many situations, even regard to terrorism and, and uh, you know, the power that Israel has over our media. There is a bias, and, and we're being shut down. We're not being heard. People aren't being heard. We're getting a one-sided story. We've had the media, um, you know, compare Trump to, to Doug Ford, which is absolute nonsense. You know what I mean? The only thing that... Com- they have the same color hair and they're the same skin color. I mean, besides that, you know, we had the media just jump on that, and it, you, you guys use these catchphrases. And I and, listen. I, okay, you know, I, I thanks very much. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. I, I listen. I hear what you're saying. I've heard, I, you know I've read the hot takes. Is Trump like Ford? Now we have the triple. Now we've got uh, is Trump like Ford like Boris Johnson? Three blondes, the Mount Rushmore of blonde politicians because and I think our caller was right that there endeth the similarities Welcome back to the uh, program, and we're going to get to our conversation about the actual benefits of fake meat in just a moment. But first, a former Ontario chef and restaurateur has filed a lawsuit for $7 million, claiming his name has not yet been cleared after 16 human trafficking-related charges against him were dropped. A judge closed this case three years ago, but Everell Powell says he's still dealing with the fallout. Global News investigative journalist Megan Robinson reports. Powell owned and operated restaurants in the Kawartha Lakes area. And while he does not have a criminal record, Powell wants his 2014 arrest cleared off the public record. Nobody going to hire me because when you Google my name, the first thing you see, Everett Powell, the human trafficker. So here I am, I stuck, no income. Can't pay my legal bills. His lawsuit against the Ministry of the Attorney General claims a negligent investigation by police, although that hasn't been tested in court. The ministry says they had reasonable cause to arrest and charge Powell in 2014. Megan Robinson, Global News Radio. 
And you can read and watch that story on globalnews.ca already. So, Canadians cannot seem to get enough of Beyond Meat's plant-based burger that's designed to taste just like beef. Canada's new food guide advises Canadians to consume less meat and eat a more healthy plant-based protein food with beans and lentils. And of course, if you're Andrew Shear, you just chug a lot of homo milk. But does Beyond Burger qualify as a healthy protein alternative? Beyond Meat says yes. On its website, the California-based company markets its plant-based products as, quote, better for you. And that it doesn't come with major health risks associated with certain kinds of meats. However, nutritional experts demur. They say at this point there is no hard scientific data, at least not yet, to show that a processed plant-based patty trumps beef. Laura DeSanctis is a holistic nutritionist and digestive health coach and joins me on the line. Hi, Laura. Hi, how are you? I need a little digestive health coaching. (laughs) I think we all do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your take on the stampede to meatless meat patties? Are they actually good for you? So you know what? I think the jury is still out. I agree with a lot of um, nutritionists and naturopaths and people in the wellness industry that we don't really know in terms of, you know, are we getting enough protein? Are we getting enough nutrients that we would necessarily get from meat? Because it's not the equivalent. It's definitely not the same. And then what are the long-term effects? I think a lot of people are forgetting that, you know, with these burgers, with these patties, there's a lot of fillers, there's a lot of binders, there's a lot of artificial color and flavoring. So I really don't know, like, long-term is this the best or healthiest solution. It is a step in the right direction, um, but I think more research needs to be made. What do you advise clients who say, you know, I really want to cut out meat? Uh, but like, like, just imagine it's me saying it because, mm-hmm. you know what? I love the meat. I love the meats, <laughs> all of the meats. And I, like I think too. I should eat less. But w- what do you tell me then? So I think really everything in moderation. I think from a digestive perspective, if uh, you want to cut out meat for a week and see how you feel, because depending on the type of meat, it's very heavy for you. And again, when we're looking at meat and we're looking even at plant-based diets, what is the source? Is it organic or not? Um, And what's included in these burgers if if that's like your option of meat of choice? Uh, especially when we're looking at conventional meats, there's a lot of hormones, especially estrogen in our meats. They're called xenoestrogens. Um, so that is a, plays a huge factor in how we look and how we feel. And then as well, there's a lot of processing that goes in, into our conventional meats. So you want to be mindful of that. So I would say if you want to steer away from meat, cut it out of your diet slowly. And again, what types of meat are you having? Red meat is, is very beneficial for you, but again, I wouldn't have it every day. Um, same thing with chicken or turkey. I'd opt to have in the meatless Monday option really works well and slowly kind of wean yourself off of it. All right, Laura, thank you so much. That's Laura DeSanctis, who is a holistic nutritionist and a digestive health coach. Do you just, like, what do you just say, like, you know, go large intestine? Is that, is, how does that work? <laughs> 
Um, no, I actually, my whole um, business is called Go With Your Gut because I think a lot of the time, especially from a digestive perspective, we don't actually tune in to our body's responses and the, the biofeedback that we get from uh, our digestive health. So when we're literally not digesting our food, it, I think sometimes it's more than that. We're not digesting things in our outside world as well. All right, Laura, thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, that. Alan. Thank you. I do like the idea of somebody just slapping your colon on the butt, going, come on, get in there. Sometimes you need that coaching. Get in there, colon. Come on. Welcome back to the program. A couple of quick stories I want to bring you up to date on. This from Paris, where the chief architect of France Historic Monument says he is afraid that the current heat wave that's sweeping Europe could cause the vaulted ceilings of the fire-ravaged Notre Dame Cathedral to collapse. Dozens of sensors dotted around the 12th century monument have shown no indication that it's deteriorating yet, but the architect is worried telling reporters on Wednesday that the stone walls are still saturated with water sprayed by firefighters during the April 15th blaze. He says if it dries up too fast amid the record temperatures in Paris this week, then the masonry, well, it could be stable, but it's all fragile, especially the joints or the masonry. As they dry, they could lose cohesion and the vault could give way. In Newcastle, Pennsylvania, a tragic story. A Pennsylvania father fatally shooting his teenage daughter's boyfriend because he believed the boyfriend had gotten her hooked on drugs. Authorities say the man shot the young man several times outside a pizza shop where he worked as a delivery driver. The father telling witnesses that the young man has gotten his daughter hooked on cocaine and quote-unquote, this is what drug dealers get. But here, Newcastle Police Chief... Robert Salem says there is no evidence that the young man or the man's father were actually involved in drugs besides smoking any marijuana. And to Trois-Rivières, Quebec, where a man is now facing a charge of assault with a weapon after allegedly stabbing a friend in a Trois-Rivières residence while the latter was participating in a live video with several others on Facebook. Finally, a use, for, a use for social media. Did you know that today is International Self-Care Day? How do you feel today? Ow! I feel good! Do you feel James Brown good? Or middling good? What is Self-Care Day? Well, it was developed in 2011 by the International Self-Care Foundation as an occasion to take notice of your body and of your mind. And I can tell you that in Oregon, students there are now going to be able to take mental health days just like they would sick days, expanding the reasons for excused school absences to include mental or behavior health. This is the first of its kind law in the United States. All of it to try and bring down some of the highest suicide rates in the United States in Oregon. So, it's self-care day. Time to try and take care of yourself. And we talked in our last segment that maybe you might eat better. Maybe you might get a digestive coach. Or maybe you might cut down on the amount of booze you're drinking. And maybe you do that not because 
it's a health issue, but just a societal shift. We've talked about this with Laura Hensley, our Global News National Online Journalist, before, and she's written a story about it. It's on globalnews.ca, and Laura joins me on the line. Hi, Laura. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I am, you know, trying to think about, you know, self-care day. How's your self-care going? You know, my self-care today is actually okay. I'm working remotely. I'm taking it easy. I'm trying to get things done, so I'm having a pretty good self-care day. Well, that's great. Tell me more about, and I know that you've kind of, you know, gotten on board with this. Tell me more about the millennial move to stop drinking. Right. So there's more millennials in parts of North America as well in Europe that are really turning away from binge drinking and casual drinking. And this movement has been, you know, coined as the sober curious movement. So it means that you're cutting back on your alcohol intake because you might not like the way it makes your brain feel, your body feel, it gives you social anxiety, or you just realize it's not that great for your health. So more and more millennials in particular are realizing that alcohol might not be great for them. So in an act of self-care, a lot of them are saying, hey, I just don't really need to drink anymore. And how difficult is that? Because it's funny, you know, we talked about this a few weeks back, and then I really examined myself all the social situations that I found myself in, like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, where it was just like, well, you know, we're going out to the bar, we're doing this, we're having a drink. Everything seemed to be focused around alcohol. And I, I don't think I realized just how much of my life focuses around, you know, going out and ritualized drinking. Definitely. And I spoke to some, you know, social workers who deal with people who have these issues where they want to stop drinking, but alcohol is everywhere. Like you said, you go to the bar on a Tuesday after work happy hours revolves around drinking. So their advice was to really find activities that don't center around drinking. So, you know, maybe that's going for dinner and just having water or pop. Maybe it's doing something outside with a friend. Maybe it's going to the movies, but it's finding ways to socialize because it's really important that you still socialize, but just in ways that aren't necessarily solely focused on booze. All right. Now, so you're going to cut out booze, and then I'm just I'm just going to assume that you've gone to a plant-based diet. Is that right, Laura? <laughs> you know what? I still eat meat. I'm not vegan or vegetarian, but I have cut back significantly. I will admit that. Here's... And I, I'm wondering what you think about this, because I'll just tell you from my perspective, I'm a cynic, and I've been I'm the kind of guy that is like, that all of this woke stuff and self-care and all the rest, I mean, I believe in mental health and all of that, absolutely, but I just kind of get a little tired of it. But I think there has been a shift in thinking, and I think that shift goes right across the board. Everything from, like, I, I'm not going to buy that because that's single-use plastic, to, yeah, maybe I don't need the 18-ounce ribeye for dinner three nights in a row. I think there's a there's a seismic change right across the society on that. Certainly, and I think it's because people are, you know, gaining awareness and knowledge about how delicate our planet is and how, you know, valuable resources are when you're mentioning meat. Well, meat consumption is a huge factor when we talk about global warming. So people are really scared and they're like, what can I do in a way that helps fix this problem? And I think that lends into our own self-care. So when you're talking about doing things that are good for yourself, they're good for the environment, you're considering things on a daily basis, whether that's bringing a reusable cup to the coffee store or going for a run outside or calling a friend. We're trying to engage in behavior that makes us feel good and also does good, I think. And 
do you think that the, the, the level of mocking has come down? Because there's a significant <laughs> level of mocking with all of this. I think most of the mocking is coming from you, Alan. So I think, <laughs> I think it has calmed down a bit. No, I, I truly think people are, you know, realizing the benefits in doing healthy things. And so, yeah, we mock because, you know, all these, we have a notion that people are hippie-dippies or they're on a plant-based diet and whatever. But I do think even changes in a way that feels natural for you is a step in the right direction. And I think once people adopt those changes, they're less inclined to make fun of others. Laura, always great to have you on, uh, and I don't make fun. I just, you know, just gentle ribbing. How about gentle ribbing? Okay, you gently rib. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. appreciate talking to you. Thanks so much. All right, so of course it is International Self-Care Day. I hope your self-care is okay. Hey, did you hear this, that half of Ontarians surveyed in a new Ipsos poll, poll pardon me, say that they are less likely to take a road trip this summer because of rising gas prices? Because of rising gas prices, not because of the environment. It's not about being woke. It's not about self-care, unless you're talking about your wallet. And when your wallet is involved, there's a lot of self-care that goes into that kind of thing. Also, another story that I loved coming out of Australia, where Australian authorities have found a million dollars in meth hidden in Canadian snow globes. In Canadian snow globes, a pre-Christmas shipment of snow globes from Canada contained a million dollars worth of concealed liquid methamphetamine and it has been seized by Australian authorities. Heisenberg is shipping the meth in snow globes now. Snow globe! Oh, no!